Swimman podcast. I'm Louis Halpin. I'm joined today by Lewis Howard. And yet again, maybe for the final week, actually, I think it is the final week. Our Eric Bledsoe <laughs> is out injured. Um, like I said, he should be back next week. I'm sure you're all looking forward to that. Um, we may be seeing our Eric Bledsoe back next week, but Eric Bledsoe, you won't be seeing him for yeah. a good while. He has been slung out of the playoffs alongside <laughs> his team, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that's a good place to kick off as that is, you know, the one seed, uh, the best record in the NBA, maybe the most shocking result of the playoffs so far. Um, yep, they got beaten by the fifth seed Miami Heat, 4-1 in the end. Yanis uh, mm. did not play the majority of game uh, game four and game five. I should, you know, preface that. But I think it will be looking at the whole series with some rose-tinted glasses if, you, if you're thinking... That is why, you know, they, they got slung out in the second round. I'm not sure if you agree with that. Yeah, I, I do tend to agree. And I will say as a side note before we get into it, if Yanis does end up getting the MVP, it is quite awkward that he's already mm. out of the playoffs and he's going to be given it. Yeah, that so is quite that, That'll be an interesting uh, handoff uh, when we see that. Well, if we see that, no, LeBron could still win it. But I think Yanis will probably win it. Yeah, most anyway. of the people I've seen voted for, uh, like who who had votes have said they voted for Yanis first. I very much expect him to get it. He was my pick as well. Yeah, but onto the series, and I I do tend to agree with you. Even when he was playing, the Bucks just didn't look good. They they just no. didn't look good. I mean, yeah, Yanis part of the numbers that he put up in most of the games. Some he didn't. But the real issue for me with it was whenever it got to those fourth quarters. Mm. They just looked lost. I didn't know they didn't look like they had a single play to go to, and I don't know if it's the players that have got that issue. I don't know, you know, because obviously Mike Budenholzer is a great coach. He's been a coach of the year candidate and won it for a, a couple seasons now, and before so the Hawks as well. Yeah, exactly. So you'd think, you know, they'd have a plan come, hmm. come those come clutch time, but it just didn't seem like they did. And and the Heat, on the other hand looked like an unbelievably well-drilled unit. Yeah. And when it came to the moments for them, in nearly all cases in this series, they came up trumps. I think the the moment where that was most glaringly obvious, what you just said there, and I agree completely, was in game three, where it was literally do or die for them. Like, if they lose that game, you know, the record of coming back from a 3-0 in an NBA series just never happened before. So they knew that if they didn't win that game, the chances were they were going home. And they put up some pathetic display. I think it was 13 points in total in the fourth quarter. And I think Miami got close to 40 or maybe over. They hit 40, yeah, they hit 40. So that says it all. I think it's probably a a little bit of both. I was a bit disappointed that Budenhoser didn't make the adjustments in terms of minutes. I think a lot of people complained about that throughout the series. You know, Yanis plays quite limited minutes in the regular season. He was playing quite limited minutes. And, and Middleton, to be fair, all their players were playing mm. quite limited minutes 
in this series as well when they needed to win. Um, it, a lot of people will dissect his coaching attributes after this, after his shortcomings in years past. Um, I see this more as a personnel issue because though Yanis is great, we, we all agree that. We all know he's probably a top five player in this league still. Um, fourth quarters in playoff games are not his strong suit. Um, mm. It's just not we're really within his skill set. That's more for the guys who can create their own perimeter shots. You know, the Stephs, the James Hardens should be anyway, the James Hardens of this world. Um, but with Yanis, his, you know, he, his whole game is predicated on a, a drive and making a play out of that. And it's just a little bit harder in the full quarter when things become a little bit tighter. So, yeah. and then, and then you've got the issue of, does, does he have that number two guy who can step up in those situations? And for mo- the majority of this series, Chris Middleton was excellent in uh, game four, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's someone who you can really rely upon if Yanis is your first option. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I know we had this conversation away from the podcast, mm-hmm. but in terms of the fit between Yanis and Middleton, you know, Middleton's a great player, but in terms of being able to create his own shot uh, and handle the ball when Yanis isn't there or cut or is struggling, I don't think he quite fits what they need. I actually think someone that would have been more suited to that, but maybe isn't at the same level overall as a basketball player as Middleton is, is Malcolm Brogdon. So maybe mm-hmm. the Bucks will look back on paying Bledsoe and paying Middleton and letting Brogdon go as a mistake. I don't know. I, I personally think it was, but yeah, I think you know, I, people I, would agree. With I, I still understand because Middleton was coming off of you know very good performances and he yeah. and he deserved to get paid, but the fit yeah. overall it's not it's not great. But I will say it is. I don't know if damning is the right word for Yanis. That that game four. Middleton really led that team and carried them, although it was in overtime, carried them to that victory. And if 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 Chris Middleton can do it, no no hating on him, if he can do it, then surely Yanis can do it as well. Mm. I think as well, uh, to add to that point about the Brogdon, I completely agree with you. I think maybe not so much on the whole Middleton situation. I think I agree he deserved to get paid either way. And I think he showed flashes of, being a good player to have in these in, in a championship team anyway. I think there is a yeah. possibility there. But I think the bigger problem was paying Bledsoe. So uh, they paid him like January, not even mm. like free agency time. They paid him 70 million. Um, it just wasn't needed. It wasn't necessary. They could have waited a bit longer, made their decisions then. Because if they would have waited a bit longer, you would have seen that Eric Bledsoe is absolutely rubbish in the po- place. <laughs> sorry, the playoffs, <laughs> the postseason. He just like, is not a good fit because he can't shoot. Um, mm. He was, let me check here. He was 21% from the three-point range in this series alone. Yeah. I think that's pretty similar to what he was in the Toronto series last year. 11 points, five rebounds, five assists. Not a very, very bad stat line. But if that guy is your third best player, maybe fourth best player, if you want to argue, Brooke Lopez, who had a decent yeah. series as well, to be fair. Um I don't like that. I think they need a game manager in the fourth mm. quarter, someone who can, like you said, because I think it's difficult when Yanis is handling the load so much and he's got so much usage that mm. when it comes to the most important time of the season, you know, fourth quarters in the playoffs, they're like, he gives the ball up and he's like, okay, you do it now. Like, they're, like 
figuratively to go from one to the other is very very hard mm. i think they need someone who can who can do that who can just take that workload on in the full quarter and i think a guy a lot of people are mentioning right now um is chris paul i'm not too mm. sure what you think about a potential for a trade there yeah i uh i'm not gonna lie i haven't looked too much into that so okay. i wouldn't know how they'd be able well, the to contract sort out numbers. the money okay yeah. i'll tell you that to get chris paul and I didn't realize it was this big a contract when I was doing it. You'd have to trade both Middleton and Bledsoe to get him. Uh, that's how the, the money matches up. Because I think uh, Middleton's on about 25 um, and Bledsoe's on about 15 or so. And Chris Paul's on about 38. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I will say about it is yeah, in, in this iteration or similar iterations of the team, you've gone out in the... Western Conference semis twice. Yanis, I think he said he's staying next year, didn't he? Yeah, that's what he said after the game. Yeah, so if, you, if you've if you got him for next year and probably only next year, then maybe, you know, you do do that trade. You you mix it up to try and see if you can get further than you did with the other one. I don't know. I think it's a gamble that that's, you would be willing to take. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, because I think we've firmly concluded after this series and the series before that the ceiling is here. Um, they got to an Eastern Conference Finals last year, granted, but the East is only going to get tougher with the Brooklyn Nets, you know, coming in full mm-hmm. strength next season. Um, I want to test sort of your opinion on a on a subject. Me and George talked a little bit a bit about yeah. off podcast. Um, so say if he actually he didn't say what he said last night that he was going to stay, that he was like, okay, I'm not going to be re-signing next summer. Yeah. Um, what would your thought process be in terms of would you want to trade him? Yeah, I did see that conversation you were having, actually. Mm. Um, personally, I would probably just go for it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, you know, when, it, when it's a player at the level like Yanis, if you trade him with a year left, no, you're going to get stuff for him, don't get me wrong, but no, I, I think you're better off you know, you're in the win now mode. I think you're better off just going for it this year because you're not going to have, well, most likely not going to have a better chance than next year for about another decade. Yeah, so I, I would just go for it. I'd go for it. I think, you know, when you get a, a prospect like Yanis, who is top five in the league, potentially could be the best player in the league at some stage. Mm-hmm. Um like I would find it very, very difficult to be the man that traded him. Firstly, he'd have to tell me directly to my face that I'm not re-signing next year for me to even consider mm-hmm. it. Even if it's like 75% he's leaving, I'd want to try and convince him. Um, so there's that. There's, I don't think there's really a package I'd feel satisfied with that I've seen thrown about anyway. Um, and I think there are options to, like I said with the Chris Paul thing, I think there is options to sort of bolster this team a bit and maybe push them over the line. It's not just Chris Paul. You could maybe look at um, New Orleans and see what they're doing with either Drew Holiday or JJ Reddick. I think those would both be very good additions to this team. Maybe not the quite the calibre of the player Chris Paul is, granted, but mm. um, maybe you could look at the Indiana situation with Victor Adipo. I don't know. I think there is ways to make this team better, um, but they're going to have to be proactive in it. I don't think you can go into next season again. Mm. expecting something different they say that's the definition of insanity um yeah 
before we move on anyway, I feel like we've touched the bucks on quite a bit here and I'm quite impressed with what we've done there. Um, we should give some credit to Miami. Yeah. We slated the uh, the uh, the bucks for most of this. Um, but Miami were very, very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. They just they were built to beat the Milwaukee Bucks just with Bam Adebayo, all the people they can throw at Yanis, build that wall. Very, very mm. good three-point uh, three yeah. shooting team, which capitalizes on um, something that the Bucks were weak on defensively. Um, mm. And I just want to shout out big bad Goran Dragic, who I think, mm. you know, when we were talking about the Miami Heat going into this restart, I thought maybe there might be a limit on their ceiling because... Although Jimmy Butler is an all-star player, um, I wasn't sure if they've if they had enough star power per se to reach those latter stages of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like Goran Dragic is playing at an all-star level right now. He's an all-star, not last, not this season, but last season, I believe. Um, and I think that's really, really helped him. Twenty-one points, five assists, and just under five rebounds. That's big for them. Uh, Tyler Hero, mm -hmm. great player as well. We all know that. Um, is there anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean, you shouted out a lot of players there, but I'd also like to shout out the coach. Yeah. Eric Spolter has this unit running like clockwork. It, it, whenever you watch them play, you, it just fills you with confidence. Unlike when you watch the Bucks play this series, at least, and it looked like they were lost, whereas, you know, the Heat looked like a well-drilled unit. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, yeah, you know, a lot of it has to do with the players, but a lot of it also has to do with the coach, the coach, and him getting the right environment together for the players to flourish. Um, what are your overall? So, say, if given a, would you, would you say there's a possibility of a Miami Heat championship? No, personally, not this, not right now. No, I, think I mean, there's a, a chance. There's a chance. Yeah, okay, there's a chance, but it's not very likely. Put it that way. If you, if I were to pick anyone to come out of the East right now, it probably would be the Miami Heat. Um, mm. And in a final series, look, anything can happen. There could be like a major mismatch there that I'm not quite seeing. I think I fancy them a bit more than the Clippers right now, um, I mean, which I'd we'll get onto later. I'd pick both LA teams over the Heat personally, and I'm not sure how well they'd deal with the Celtics either. Mm. But, you know. Or the Raptors. I'd have more. I think I'd probably have more confidence in the uh, them against the Raptors, just mm. just off of the series we've been watching recently, more so than anything else. A guy we haven't mentioned at all is Jimmy Butler, who, you know, we, we mentioned actually last podcast that he had that big forty-point game in Game One, mm. but um, after that he hasn't had like a, a massive game since. I think I would like to maybe see him go a bit more superstar level. Maybe that's just not within their identity. Maybe that would would that push you to pick them a little bit more than what you're thinking right now? Um, maybe. But as you said, they're not set up so that he is meant to be the superstar of the team. They're they're yeah. much more team oriented, and while he is the driving force of that team, not just you know playing, but also you know being that emotional presence and uh, and getting the team to be the in the environment they've got right now he's i think he's probably a large part of that he isn't yeah. that player that is going to be like 
a LeBron or a Kawhi or a James Harden or something like that. It's just not who he is. So, mm. I mean, if he could do it, then yeah, that definitely made me more confident. But you're not very confident I, of that happening. I I don't think he'd be able to sustain it every single game at that level. But you know, Jimmy Butler surprised a lot of people before, and I w- I wouldn't bet against him doing it because he he does it does seem in these playoffs that he does step up his level. So yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think we've said enough on that series. So it's time to move on to the other Eastern Conference semifinals that we have. And this could be a little bit outdated by the time of your listening. Um, mm. As of recording right now, the, the series stands at 3-2. Um, by the time you hear this, it'll probably either be finished, Boston will have won, or it'll be going to a Game 7, which I would love to see. That'd be very, very juicy. Mm. Um Given the series we've had so far in terms of how competitive it's been, you know, the, the to and fro-ness of it really, um, and the resilience that I know the Raptors have, I feel quite confident it's going to go to a game seven. I don't think they're going to lay down for a game six, but the Celtics might just blast them like they did last game. I'm not too sure. Mm. Um, but, I, I mean, what are your predictions for this game six, which is happening tonight, and the uh, rest of the series, if um, there is a rest of the series? I I do like the Celtics to close it out, actually. Mm. I, I think they'll have it done in six. Not because I think the Raptors will lay down or anything. I just think the Celtics are the better team, and I think they'll have too much for them. Mm-hmm. But I will say the Raptors have definitely shown that grittiness that they had throughout the playoffs last season, and that shot by OG to keep them... If, if he wouldn't have made that shot, yeah. they would they would be out by now. Mm-hmm. Whether it's it had been a, a sweep or a four-one, that was massive, and it changed. It changed how this series was going completely, and they went back and took that momentum and won the next game to tie it up. But now that the Celtics won that game five and they won it very convincingly, I think they go, they go and close it out in this in this final game. Well, in the game yeah. six. Special shout out to a London native OG Ananobi for that zero yeah. point five seconds on uh, left on the on the buzzer uh, game winner. Also, a very big pass from Kyle Lowry from the inbounds. I think that's yeah. like it, underrated. Just watch it back. Very, very. Uh, I think he's very underrated. And I think if they, I, I think they will get a game to a game seven. Personally, I think we differ on this. Um, mm. And I think if they do. It will have to be by virtue of Kyle Lowry and Van Vliet going nuts, because yeah, I... that, that's where the mismatch is for uh, the Celtics in terms of they're just you know they're targeting Kemba every single time and he can't really match up to it and he's not a very good defender basically. Um, <laughs> it just isn't. Uh, he's yeah. a great player and I like Kemba a lot, but they have been targeting targeting him those last two games where they they brought it back to two two. Um, and that's that's where the game is going to be won because the other guys on the Raptors, their offense just hasn't got going all se- uh, all series because Siakam has just been so like I wouldn't even say inconsistent. I was going to say inconsistent. He's just been rubbish. No, he hasn't been very poor. good at all. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe that's due part of it's due to this matchup just not being very good for him. You know, the Celtics have a lot of size they can throw at him. Um, he's not really. Like Yanis, I'd say, not really the type of guy who can just sort of hunt and create his own shot. Um, and also, I feel like he might be struggling a little bit with injury. I don't mm. know why. He just doesn't look as energetic, uh, as quick laterally anyway, to me, personally. I'm not too sure if that's true or not. 
But regardless, I think, you know, we've seen Freddie and Kyle have those big games in games three and four, and I think they can do it again. Not that the Celtics will be sort of ignorant of that. They'll be looking at those two and thinking, those are the two people we have to shut down. If we can shut them down, um, this series is over. It's a difficult one to call. Um, Boston's been playing excellent defensively. Even the games they've lost, I thought they've been really good defensively, and it's Mm -hmm. just sort of unlucky. Um, I think Boston will progress eventually, but I think it'll be a game seven. I think it'll be in seven. Yeah. I've got a different of opinion there. Then yeah. see what we'll see what happens and come back in the next podcast. Why don't we gloat yeah. the other one? Won't we? <laughs> be, well, yeah, we'll just be wrong, won't we? Like somehow we'll both be wrong because that's how yeah, Raptors in gone. seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Jason Tatum's not been too good this series for me. Not is that much of a concern for you? Um, not really, to be honest. I think he's shown he's even youth. in glance no not they shown his youth but he, he's shown even in this series in in moments and then in the last series throughout the level he can reach to and i i think he will find that again quite quickly so i, I have no worries that he will go on a downward spiral or, or stay yeah. in that inconsistency from here on i trust him to to be able to keep up his level of play that we're that we've been used to in these playoffs yeah so you fancy the Celtics over the Heat in a potential Eastern Conference Finals is what I'm gathering. Uh, if you made me, if I had to choose now and you offered me, I would take the Celtics, yeah. Mm. I think they have more offensive weapons, like not maybe more offensive weapons because the Heat have a very well-rounded team that can mm. all get like double-digit points. But I feel like the Celtics have players that can go for power. like 20. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Kemba yeah. could go for 20. Tatum, Brown, maybe even Marcus Smart on a good day. Um, so there's all of that. And I even think like some of the guys who they're bringing off their bench, which I, d- I don't like their depth much at all. Um, yeah, but they've been playing well this series. I'll give them that. Um, Cantor has had about a total of five minutes all series because <laughs> he came on for one and just got absolutely roasted. Um, <laughs> so there's that. I think we're pretty, we're pretty defined on that series now. So let's move on over to the Western Conference. And mm. the first one I want to gloss over a little little bit is the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Clippers series. Um, so we've had three games in this series since we last spoke because we spoke before it had even taken place. Yep. Like we, We're coming off a big game seven win for the Denver Nuggets. Um, unsurprisingly, having to play like one and a half days later, they were they were terrible game one. They got absolutely blown out. Mm-hmm. Game two, very good Nuggets performance. I was quite surprised by that because I thought they were just going to get swept by this series. And then it was mm. a uh, they made it close in game three as well. The Clippers. Yeah, I thought they it. were going to win game three. Yeah, I thought so as well. Um, what have you taken away from the series so far? <sighs> I think problems that the Clippers have had all season are reoccurring. Mm, yeah. And and that is they still don't you know, I talked before about Miami being a well drilled unit. I wouldn't describe the Clippers as a well drilled unit. No. They uh I don't know, I think they still have a bit of an identity problem there. I, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if the players have got issues with each other. 
or, or they're just not gelling, but something seems to be up. I don't know if you get the same sort of vibes from them as I do. I uh, 100% get the same vibes. Yeah, and and then the other the other side of things is another thing I've taken. And, and, and I'll say, added on to that as well, though, you know, the, the players they have does seem to overcome that a lot of the time. And, mm. you know, they've, they've got their 2-1 up in this series partly because of that. And... Thankfully, Paul George has decided to show up in the playoffs and, and actually have some good performances, which is nice to see because it wasn't yeah. there. It wasn't there in the last one. Uh, and then looking at the Nuggets, the other the other thing I'd say is Jokic is most definitely a problem for this Clippers team. They cannot contain him whatsoever. Yep. And um, so I would say, and we saw, sorry, just away from Jokic as well, Jamal Murray in the game that the Nuggets won, put in a decent performance. But for the Nuggets to get past the Clippers, I know he had that monumental performance in the last series, and I don't think they'll need that level, but he needs to step it up a notch towards that last series if the Denver Nuggets are going to go through because them two really need to be firing on all cylinders to get through. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. just want to go back to the Clippers a real little second. Um, Mm -hmm. I agree with you completely that there is sort of a, a case of what what's our identity and i think it stems from the fact that that you know their first five what you'd pick as their their first five didn't really play together all all too often yeah, in that's the regular true. season yeah. um so i don't think they really know the best way to play together and also i feel like just a level of they're not putting their all into it all the time it feels yeah, like I oh we that. can switch it on and we can switch it off yeah. we're the clippers which kind of baffles me a little bit because this team's won nothing. Um, yeah. Kawhi's won a lot, but the others haven't won anything. Yeah. Um, and so I find that concerning. I actually really do. Funnily enough, I actually felt that the most in the last game. Not the game the Nuggets actually won, but the game that the Clippers managed to bring it back yeah. at the end. For the first three quarters of that game, it kind of felt like they were just not putting the foot on the gas at all. And I know that they did, you know, come back and win it in the end which you know, might go towards them saying oh yeah we can step it on and beat him if we want to but you can't you can't just rely on that because if the nuggets are firing on all cylinders you will not be able to do it they will they will just win the game yeah and i think it's okay to do that i don't think it's okay to do that i should say but it's passable if it's against the mavericks and the denver nuggets because the clippers are a better team than both of them yeah um I think they have a better team than the Lakers, but if they play like this against the Lakers, they're going to lose. They will lose. Yeah, agree. They will do. And um, we should mention, I think we should give Paul George his, Paul George, <laughs> Paul George, Paul George his due praise <laughs> um, because we did slander him quite quite yep. heavily yep. in that Maverick series. I think quite rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. He was he was terrible. Um, but this series has been very, very good. Um, mm. 32 points in game three, I believe. Um, just attacking the basket a little bit more. That's just what we want to see. A bit more aggression, a bit more, more just a bit more with it. Yeah. yeah. He was kind of like symptomatic of this entire Clippers team, really. Um, mm. He just became sort of the lightning rod for hate. Uh, and he's had to do it, really, because Kawhi's not been great game two and game three. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like, I, I don't think that's something we need to overly credit Paul George for. That's like kind of his job. We is, is you know, <laughs> yeah. pick up the slack when Kawhi's not really on it. Um so yeah, I think I'm not too worried about this series because I I agree, like you said, Jokic, they are not being able to contain him, which was what we said before because you know who they got to 
Guardian, Zubac or Harrell. Neither of them yeah. are really going to do much against Jokic. Um, I find him so entertaining to watch. I don't know about you, just watching some of the stuff he does. I know he's slow. <laughs> it's so slow, but at the yeah. same time, it's it, it is the way of play. You do not get to see it on any other team in the NBA. I'll say that. Yeah. So from that perspective, it is entertaining, but it is, it is quite slow. I feel like just to some of the stuff he does, I don't, I, the, my personal favourite is like when he gets that rebound like one hand sort of swivels turns and then does like a full court pass he, he does it every now and then i just found it like bizarre um but yeah i think like you said jamal murray does need to he, he's come down to earth a little bit after that great last series which was yeah, entirely expect. expected yeah. yeah um if the, he's in hazard like a like you said say about 25 points i think they're in with a chance of winning any game against the clippers as they are playing right now it would make me feel better about their chances, like I said last week, if they had a third piece. Mm. Um, Michael Porter Jr. has been a bit better, I think, in this series. I don't think the points and the shooting stats will say it, but when I've watched yeah, him, I in, think in he the looks last a bit game better. as well. You got to yeah. see the best, maybe not that best of him, but you saw what he can bring. I think he had what eighteen points and ten rebounds last game. Yeah, and so if he can keep up that production with Jamal Murray stepping it up a notch, which we know he can do then they're definitely going to cause a lot of problems for the Clippers throughout the rest of this series. And although, if you ask me now, I'd probably say the Clippers in six. I do think Denver get another game, but I do mm. think the Clippers close it out. But if, but if they stay at the level of play they've been and Denver step it up a notch, then they're definitely in trouble. Yeah, and the, I think Denver, they have their defensive misgivings because they're built around Jokic, who isn't a good defender at all and not athletically inclined. So mm. there's the issue there. And, and Jamal Murray, who isn't very good either. So I feel like Gary Harris and Jeremy Grant do deserve a lot of credit for the way they've been playing defense this series. Mm. I think it's kind of held them together because otherwise I feel like it would be a little bit of a route. Um, yeah. So in that sense, I feel I find it a little bit easier to see where Denver needs to add if they want to become that team of the next level. Um like I said earlier about the Bucks, I'd look at Oladipo and situation in Indiana. I don't know what's going on there particularly. And again, we don't know about his health. Maybe you'd want to see about that. But I feel like his two-way presence, mm. scoring presence in this team, I feel like that'd be a problem. Um, but given that, I think we've we've covered that series quite comprehensively now. Um, so it's on to the last series. And this is the last game that was played as of recording anyway, which is the Houston Rockets. Um, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Some pretty mm. interesting games, uh, Yeah, would you say? Yeah, I, def- I definitely agree. They're interesting is putting it lightly. These yeah. have been... Of, of the games in the playoffs so far, this might be, from both teams, the highest level of play I've, I've yeah. seen in the games, I think. I think both teams in almost every game have played to a decently high standard or, or a high standard. And one of the, one of the main things I'm taking out of it is people were worried a little bit about Anthony Davis and what he would do in the playoffs because he hadn't been much with the Pelicans and he hadn't got mm. very far with the Pelicans. But Anthony Davis is playing unbelievably in yeah. these playoffs and in this series as well. I'd I'd probably say he has been the best player for the Lakers in this series so far. I I, I think he's been. This is why I wish they would bring in this award. I think they should have a playoffs MVP because sometimes the finals MVP is not always the playoffs MVP. 
Mm. Um, maybe you disagree with that. I'm not too sure. But if I were to give out a playoffs MVP right now, it'd be Andy Davis, no doubt. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I would say in in the last game that just happened, the Lakers are up 2-1 at the moment. The the last game, I'd say LeBron was the best player on the court in that yeah, game. But apart from that, AD has been, even in the series past, he's, he's been their best player so far. I agree. Uh, and that I'm, is that is incredibly encouraging for if you are a Lakers fan, because no matter what, LeBron will turn up in these playoffs. He just will. He always has yeah. and he always will. AD was the one that people were worried about. Will he be able to keep his level up as they get deeper and deeper into the playoffs? And the answer at the moment, and I'm confident the answer will be if they do get past the Rockets, which I think they will, is yes. Yeah. And I am encouraged by the fact that, you know, they've gone, the Lakers have gone small to sort of combat Houston, who are the smallest team in the league. Mm. Um, they are playing with AD at the five, which he is never, he's always stated that he doesn't really like to play there. Um, but yeah, he's he, good there, though. Yeah. He's, I mean, he grins and bears it. And I think it makes sense for this series to do that because yeah. you can match up a little better to the small ball. Uh, you can keep up with them a little bit more on the offensive mm-hmm. end. And, you know, at the five, like, they just can't guard that Anthony Davis. Like, PJ yep. Tucker can do all he wants. Like, he can play the best defense, like, yeah, but and he has been playing great defense in been. this role, to be fair to him. But yeah, he can't match up. He just can't yeah. match up. And I mean, game two, what was it for AD? Uh, 34 points on 15 of 24 shooting, 10 rebounds. I'd like to see those rebounds a little bit more up, actually. But yeah, like I think the Rockets have been one of the better defensive teams of the playoffs, actually. I think yeah, they have. I'm impressed with their effort every single night because they have to put in that effort if they want to have a chance of winning the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can't deal with that. And game three, like you mentioned, they couldn't deal with LeBron, which surprises me a little bit more because I feel like if you put Covington on him, if you put some of their other wings on him, that might be the little bit more of the uh, the favourable matchup for them. But he was just lights out. And yeah. incredible protecting the rim this series as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, even when you match LeBron to to the Rockets, he might not have the height that Anthony Davis has, he is still massive compared to most of the players on the Rockets. Like yeah. they, just the size of him, they just can't contain him either. And, you know, Anthony Davis is even more of a mismatch, but still most of the Rockets can't stop LeBron getting to the rim yeah. either. So it is a complete mismatch. Yeah, I mean, when LeBron's got a head of steam, he, he could be seven foot tall because you're like, you're getting bounced. If he's running yeah. at you, you're getting bounced. And so there's that to it. Um, I think... If we're looking on the Houston side of things now, James Harden, I can't fault him. Uh, you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not one to protect or defend James Harden at all. Mm. But I feel like he's had a very, very good series so far. He's done what he needs to do. Yeah. Um, but there's another man in this equation if they want to get anything from this series. And, of course, it's Russell Westbrook, his co-partner, mm-hmm. his Robin, shall we say. Um I don't think, you know, he came back to the playoffs late. Obviously, he was injured for, I think, was it mm-hmm. first four? First four games? I think when... The, oh, yeah, I can't it was four. Exactly. I'm pretty confident it was four. I'm pretty confident um, it was four. So he came back late. They were going on about, oh, he's he's looking like he's got more bounce than ever. I don't see it, personally. I think he looks a little bit um, unhealthy, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think maybe game three would go against that. He looked a little bit more aggressive. But in game two... Settling for a lot of jump shots. Um, yeah. One of seven beyond the arc in game two. 
not really what you want to see. They were leaving him open. It was like 2Ks this year. They were just leaving him wide open. <laughs> no one cared. Like, go on then, take yeah. the shot. And he bailed them out every single time because he took the shot. Just run at the rim and do, you know, if, if you're not going to score, at least you'll probably get a free throw a couple of times. But mm. um, he needed to improve that. And I think he did in game three. He was a lot, lot better. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's the, the big issue here for Houston is that they remember they made this team. They traded Kunt Capella, this small ball team, mm-hmm. to suit Russell Westbrook. He was the de facto center, if you will, because he was the one who was battling in the post, driving to the rim, et cetera, et cetera. So if he's taking those shots beyond the arc, I'm very, very disappointed in him. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I think it's one of the case. One of the biggest positives I have for this Lakers team, which is the complete opposite of Russell Westbrook at the moment, at least, is the Lakers know who they are to a T. They know, they know the type of team they are. They know what they've got to do. And the issue with Westbrook at the moment has been it seems everyone else knows who he is, his skill set and what he has to do, apart from himself. Yeah. Which is which is very strange. And maybe that's It's always been him though. Proven over the past few playoffs and what he's tried to do when it gets to those, you know, we talk about the fourth quarter clutch moments and you know, what what he tends to do and gets a bit tunnel visioned. <laughs> yep. I do think he's definitely could have been off of a player to sort that out and, and really and the Rockets can really challenge these Lakers and you know if if him and Harden are firing on all cylinders and the Lakers not even don't have an off night but don't play up to their to their high standards then the Rockets can beat like the Lakers in this series. Whether yeah. that happens is another thing and I don't think it will happen. I do think I actually think this will be another four two. I think the Rockets will get another game. But I could quite easily see it going seven. Yeah. And even the Rockets winning if if this balance changes and and those two Rockets stars do get the get into their rhythm. Well, there is a formula for it. It's not like I can't foresee the Houston Rockets winning another game or forcing this to seven because that game one, they were really, really good. And mm-hmm. like I've said before with the Denver Nuggets and the Clippers who were running on fumes because they were only playing they only played, I think, two two nights before. It was the same for the Houston Rockets, and they came out with so much energy. Um, yeah. And really good defense, like I said. I mean, Davis still got his points, but I, I remember seeing that video yeah. of Tucker just all up on him. And they forced LeBron. Don't get we were, I mean, we've given LeBron a lot of credit, but they forced LeBron into a 0.4 quarter. Yeah, LeBron um, had a, a bit of an off night that series. Yeah. I seem to remember someone speaking about him and making a comparison with him and Kawhi in, <laughs> in, to someone else. And I think you might know a little something about that. Yeah. It was unfortunate that he did that right before yeah. Kawhi had his poorest game of the playoffs yeah, yeah. against the Nuggets. That, that was the poor point. I'll bring that up but because of that poor Kawhi and I, I can't really. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, get my, I'll get my retribution well. <laughs> I'm not sure about the Clippers as its whole, but... I'm fairly certain I'll get my retribution come next series, which we'll probably get our Lakers Clippers. Uh, so you're battle. picking the Lakers in this then? Yeah, I think I would in the end. I think that size advantage with David, they just can't stop him. Um, yeah. And I think that the, the uh, Lakers have also, if we're going to give the Rockets credit for their defense, I think the Lakers have been playing excellent defense on the Rockets. Yeah, they have um, been all season. Some though. of their rim protection just 
I mean, LeBron, but especially, but um, Davis, all of them are getting in on it. But some of LeBron's chase down blocks from Russell Westbrook and that dunk on Russell Westbrook, not been <laughs> for him, just bit, it's just hilarious. And I, I just find it like it's pretty um, symptomatic of Russell Westbrook after having all those blocks on him, after having that massive dunk straight on his face. Um, he does a little dunk of his own at the end of the game and he's jawing to the absent crowd. I mean, I'm sure it was absent. It might have been like a couple like wives, girlfriends and babies mm. that he was talking to, which I find quite funny. Um, but that is his confidence. So mm. I'm hoping in these the, the, the couple of poor performances he's had won't let him get down because I do want to see this go to seven. For the yeah. centres of this world, I don't. I hope that the Rockets don't win. <laughs> yeah. They're getting no cash. That's what Draymond Green said, um, and I have to agree with him. But I, I feel like the Lakers, with Davis leading the helm, actually, I think he'll be the man to to bring them through. Yeah, and I would say I'll give a quick shout out as well, especially in Game Three. Uh, we Rondo. did see quite a nice bit of playoff Rondo that game, twenty-one and nine. They are. They are some throwback numbers for him. So he's been, he's played well that game and has been playing well in this series. It's yeah. a shame that um, Danny Green can't do that because if he could, <laughs> they they would be getting through this series quite quite handily. Yeah. You know, I, I still have faith in Danny Green that they, he can recover his shooting form because it it's gone for a while. It's gone on holiday for quite a lot of time. I, f- I found it maddening last off-season because I feel like because Kawhi was the last big free agent we had mm. you know, everyone signed on the first day and then we were just sort of waiting for his decision for like a week. Um, and Danny Green was also in with that, but he was waiting to see where Kawhi signed so he could get the cap space for himself. But I was, I just found it kind of mad that he was such a sought after, after free agent because although he has the reputation of like a, a good guy to have alongside stars and like three point mm. and three point shooting and defending, he wasn't actually really that good for the Raptors last year. And I think he's been the same this year. Um, yeah, he was inconsistent. But, I mean, if you're going to get anything with Danny Green, he's a great person to have in the locker room. So yeah, that's true. even when he's not on the call, he will provide you benefits. But he really needs to step up, step up his production yeah. on the call because he has not been anywhere near the level he needs to be. And come that come what we expect to be, that conference finals between the two LA teams, he will have to up his game for the Lakers to mm. to get through. Most definitely, because we've talked a lot about how disappointed we are in the Clippers and their mentality. This, you know, the whole of the playoffs, to be honest. Um, but at the end of the day, when you they they do say that talent wins, and I I, I think that Anthony Davis, LeBron James, they have the two be- the best duo out of the, mm-hmm. the two Agreed. LA teams. But like we have said all season, the depth that the Clippers have is far beyond what the Lakers can put out. Yeah. We're, we're talking about a good couple of games from Rondo, for God's sake. Like, like This is the levels we're talking about right here. Lou Will can go for like 30 on, a, on any night for the Clippers, or, he can, or it can be someone else. Yeah, not I mean, Lou Will Harold. can go for like 30, and he's not even the sixth man of the year, for yeah, God's sake. exactly. I, I mean... We talked a little bit of the awards at the top, but I think Dennis Schroeder should have won that sixth man of the year. I don't know. Personally, I would also have given it to Dennis Schroeder, but I have no complaints with Montrezl Harrell no, winning no, it either. I think he fully deserves it too. Yeah. And like we said, MVP, I think that'd probably be Yanis. Mm-hmm. Given that he's been uh, slung out of the playoffs now, I'm not sure what you think of that defensive player of the year. I still think he deserves it. I st- uh, well, you know, the the MVP is a regular season award, and he was yeah, they're both regular season awards. The, when so you just look at the stats that he that he had defensively for that season, it's an absolute joke. 
Yeah. So, so, and I think he probably deserves the MVP as well. Once again, if they did give it to LeBron, you know, obviously narrative has a big part to play. I wouldn't hate it either. I, I think Yanis deserves it, but I wouldn't hate it if LeBron got it. I would tend to agree. I, I'm more of a Yanis man, but if it goes to LeBron, it goes to the King. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's all we have time for now uh, this week, as I said. Our regular Bledsoe will be back next next episode, so uh, make sure you tune in for that. But um, make sure to check us out on all our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. And check us out on our website, uh, www.swingmanpod.com. So, yeah, thanks for listening and peace.